NFL Week 12 prop bets and the focus on this week's show gonna be on the Thanksgiving triple header. Hitman, want to talk about your process for betting props on these Thanksgiving games, their high-profile matchups in standalone time slots. How does that impact your overall betting approach? I think that, well, in fact, I know that a lot of times on Thanksgiving, it's a little bit similar to the Super Bowl. And what I mean by that is the Super Bowl, we all know, is the most the heaviest prop action of the entire year. And the, the playoffs are they get a lot more prop volume as well. So maybe Thanksgiving's a little similar to like a wild card weekend, divisional weekend, where more people that don't typically bet are gonna look to bet. And with all the props that are now available, you're gonna have a lot of people that are looking to bet props on Thanksgiving. And what I think is the right process is like on a high profile player, typically you want to look to bet on the overs early in the week. So a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, um, maybe Tony Pollard, who's been just running like crazy for, for Dallas, um, Justin Jefferson, any of those high profile players. Now it's not the rule. Because all it takes is like if a major service puts out an under on like Justin Jefferson receiving yards, it's going to go lower from the opener and it's going to close lower from the opener. So it's, don't just blindly um, do this. But for the most part, if it's a high profile player, it's almost way more times than not, it's a better move to wait to, to bet that player on his under. If you're going to bet the under and if you like the over to bet it early and what I'll see on Thanksgiving too is maybe the market consensus won't jump that much on what's say a, a public player like Josh Allen, but you maybe find rogue numbers from some of these square shops that they don't take winners. So what happens is their, their uh, liability just gets so high on like a Josh Allen over because there's no sharp players at the book to offset that and take an under. And sometimes you'll find those rogue numbers at books like that. So I think that that just, as I said, the general theme of Thanksgiving props, and a lot of times you see this with Thanksgiving sides also, like the favorites will tend to maybe get like a half point inflated because so many people are putting Buffalo and Dallas and teasers and the liability gets up so high or, or something like that. But it's the same with props that I think just in general, not blindly, but just in general, you want to look, if you like an over, then you on a high profile player, you would look to play over earlier. And then if you're going to play an under on a high profile player, you would uh, look to play that um, maybe an hour or two before post. Putting that process into practice, the first game on Thanksgiving, Buffalo at Detroit, I want to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown and see if it might be worth going back to the well on his over after he had a great game against the Bears two weeks ago. Last week, Hitman, on the show, you had him over 74 and a half receiving yards. That cashed just barely 76 receiving yards, getting the job done for St. Brown, much to Jacob's chagrin watching the Lions take down his Giants last Sunday. And St. Brown this weekend, from a matchup standpoint, gets to go against a pretty banged up Buffalo defense. 
I wonder if we also have a bit of a free roll on game script with the Bills being prohibitive favorites here. If the Lions indoors, good conditions, need to pass from behind. Hitman, what do you think on St. Brown in this matchup over 74 and a half receiving yards? Yeah, I, I didn't bet it. I don't know if I'm going to bet it. If you do like it, like I said, I would, would play it sooner than later because I wouldn't be surprised if it went up a few yards. I know last week it closed 80 and a half, I believe, but – St. Brown, I and I think I might have mentioned this last week. St. Brown's a guy that typically I looked, I'd rather play in the receptions just because he gets so such um, a low average depth of target on his catches. And I know that his reception stats, I, I don't know if I have it right in front of me, but it's been something like he's getting like legitimately like seven, eight, nine catches. Or here it is, receptions, last 13 games not impacted by injury. 10, 8, 8, 9, 8, 8, 8, 9, 6, 7, 4, 10, 7. So it seems like 7 is that magic number that he's – and you, you look at the market now, it's 7.5 with a plus 115, plus 102 and everything. I think if there's some six and a halfs that do pop up as more places start to put these lines up, maybe you get a six and a half, like in the one fifty ish range. I I think maybe that's worth a lean um, on St. Brown overs. You you have to suspect that garbage time is probably going to be a plenty for the lions potentially in the second half in this game. And I do think I I know that what St. Brown is getting such a high target share that that garbage time, you could easily see him racking up a few receptions. So, you know, maybe it ends up being a live over for me. I, I don't talk much about live props, but maybe if Buffalo does get up 14 points or something, look to play a live over on St. Brown receptions. When it comes to that magic number of seven, as you put it, I feel like a lot of people catching this conversation might think, why would I consider laying minus 150 on over six and a half should that line appear when right now I can take some decent plus money on over seven and a half? A 65 cent difference for one reception sounds a little bit extreme, but it sounds like from a pricing standpoint, that might be accurate. And, and seven is just that key in a receiving prop like this. Yeah, I mean, it would be more key, obviously, if it was a lower number. I mean, the difference, it's a big difference seven and a half to six and a half is not worth the same in juice as for example like a two and a half to a one and a half mm-hmm. i mean that's absolutely massive because the players if it's two and a half to one and a half there's a greater uh, likelihood that the player is going to land on two than like a saint brown's going to land on seven but i don't know i mean seven and a half I really would like six and a half. That, that's, what, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, last week I was playing six and a half minus 115. Uh, and I just have trouble now that it's seven and a half plus 105. Uh, I, I would just monitor the market and maybe monitor um, the live odds on St. Brown. So we're in a bit of a wait and see game with St. Brown. Any other props you're eyeing for the first Thanksgiving game with the Bills visiting the Lions? Yeah. Um, Strong lean to Jamal Adams under 55 and a half rushing yards. I saw a stat that was saying that Buffalo, I know their run defense has struggled in recent weeks, but a lot of that has just been really poor tackling. They've actually been getting like really good defensive penetration, 
but they've just the yards after contact that they've been allowing has been so high. And I've seen that Jamal Williams is kind of a guy that he gets what's blocked for him, but he doesn't break many tackles. He doesn't get many yards after contact. So theoretically, you would think that that matchup works for Buffalo. Um, I'm waiting to see where the line goes. It's it's a lean at 55 and a half right now. And maybe if it goes up, it, it does end up being an official play. Um, one play that I do like, but I'm telling everyone, do not bet it now. I, I'm sure I think this podcast comes out Wednesday night. Am I right, Matt? Jacob, I'll let you tell us when you're going to have your post-production magic done. I'm guessing Wednesday mid-afternoon Eastern sounds about right. Yeah, probably okay. around 3 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, don't don't bet this this afternoon. Don't bet this tonight. But um, Josh Allen, yardage, it's listen, It's going to be a hold-your-nose bet. And I swore last week when I bet Daniel Jones under against this Lions defense because of the weather, and I was like, oh, they're, they're going to run Barkley a lot, and Jones just – through for 300 yards against the worst pass defense in the league. I swore. I was like, I'm not playing unders against the Lions pass defense anymore. I don't care if it's in a tsunami. But I think I'm going to be back to the well on this because Josh Allen's yardage opened 261 at one shop. It was 271 and a half at a lot of other shops. There was a release towards the over. It's now been pushed up 10 yards. At almost every single shop, his pass and rush yards has been pushed up with that. I'm seeing 328 and a half on the pass and rush passes 281 and a half. I think that the under is in play on both those stats and completions also. And the reason is, is because the Buffalo pass rate since that injury, which I have right here the first eight games of the year was 66 percent on early down first half pass rate the last two games since that injury 48 percent and 52 percent they are managing this josh allen injury it, it's a fact that they're managing it they're not giving him as many designed runs and they're not throwing the ball as much and they ended up throw, having a lot of attempts against minnesota because the game flow dictated that but as 10-point favorites, and especially on a short week where Allen needs his rest to, to get that elbow back in check. They've been monitoring his practice reps. Now you can't really do that. He's going to be playing on Thursday. So I think that you see a heavier dose of the run game with Buffalo. I think that you see less volume from Josh Allen. I don't know what exact stats I'm going to play because, like I said, I'm scared to death of this Lions defense. Maybe it's completions. Maybe it's yards under. But I think I'm going to be on a Josh Allen under. But I'm not betting it until maybe an hour before kick or something when I'm going to – I think that the line will go up. A lot of people are going to be looking to play a Josh Allen over in a dome against the worst pass defense in the league. So, and, and there's been releases – on the overs, a lot of people are going to chase those numbers. Don't play it now, um, uh, but I probably end up on an Allen under. And I'll probably tweet it. I'll probably tweet when I play a Josh Allen under, and then I'm just going to close my eyes and not watch the game because I'm going to be scared to death against this Lions pass defense. But I think it warrants a play, just not now. 
for people who will be keeping a close eye out for the tweet. You mentioned not getting an action this afternoon. Is that something probably in the waning moments prior to kickoff to see just how high some of these numbers go? Yeah, I'll be monitoring the market. I'll know when the fire. I mean, it could be two hours before. It could be an hour before. It could be 15 minutes before. But I'm probably going to be on Allen Unders. Not fully committing to it. Maybe the line goes down. Maybe I'm wrong and the line goes down from now. Like I said, all it takes is this one service release. That could move the number down. So not fully committing to it. But Allen Unders, I think, are in play this week. Hold your nose. And I think some of the appeal there could be that even if a service moves one of these lines, you mentioned three different potential angles. So pass yards currently consensus yeah. price 281 and a half pass plus rush yards, 328 and a half completions, 23 and a half. Even if one of these gets hit odds are we might still see one or two continue to go up and maybe increase the value. Yeah. And you know what too, Matt, I don't think I'm going to end up on like all three. A lot of times I'll play like all three stats under on a guy that I like under this one, I, I don't know if I do, just because, I mean, I think I have a strong handicap, but if it does get in a situation where Allen does have to throw, like, we're screwed. It, it's just the fact that, like, if Detroit gets up 10 points in the second quarter and Allen's getting a two-minute drill and he's going to be trailing going into the half, we're, we're in deep trouble. So, not going to fully expose myself, but it's something I'm looking at. I like that point from a bankroll management perspective. And even if somebody does see value on a couple of these numbers, maybe instead of getting a full two units of exposure, a split ticket or dialing things back so that you're not getting much more of one unit fading Josh Allen. When you know, to your point, hold your nose, even if there's value at any given moment, he's capable of going off. So want to be resilient to any outcome we might see in Detroit. Moving on to the second course on Thanksgiving, the Giants, Jacob's Giants at the Cowboys. And Jacob, with this being your team, I feel bad for you. They didn't come through when you finally got the chance to see them in person this past Sunday. From a prop betting standpoint, anything you'd like to run by Hitman to maybe offset some of the pain of that loss that you just witnessed in person? Yeah, there was. Well, I'll start with one on the Cowboys side of things because I think last game, I think we've been saying it on props and hots between the lines for a while now that Tony Pollard probably is the more explosive running back for the Cowboys. And I think the Vikings game, I don't know what's going on with Mike McCarthy, but I think that has to have really indicated that he should be the, the main guy going forward. And his rush yardage is in the 60s right now. It's at 67. Uh, I haven't really been following any fluctuation there, but the over on that seemed like a pretty good number to me given how depleted the Giants are just, I mean, everywhere. It's so many injuries all over the place, especially on defense, and Williams absolutely feasted. Uh, so I was kind of wondering, I know you mentioned maybe don't go on, like, the main players on their overs with the Thanksgiving, with how many bets are going down, but uh, what do you think about the 67.5 on Pollard for rushing? Well, I don't have a problem betting a main player over. It's just that you have to try to forecast where the line's going to move. And right. like, like I said, for like Josh Allen, his opener came out at 261 and a half at one book. Like you knew that was going to be bet over because he's a public player. So um, as far as Pollard goes, I'm going to monitor reports on um, on what some people are saying about the backfield. Dallas is a team that a lot of times they're very open with their plans and they, they don't really, some teams lie about usage and stuff. Dallas typically has been pretty open in the past about a lot of stuff. So I know there was that report on Sunday that was like, Oh, Tony Pollard is probably going to get more work than Elliot as Elliot works his way back from injury. 
Pollard's rush yards was 44 and a half when that report came out. That was an absolute smash based off that report. Um, 67 and a half now. It, it just comes down to what the, the split ends up being with Elliott. Um, I think Pollard's still going to get more of the work because Elliott's coming back from an injury. It's a short week now. So you would think that logically Pollard is the guy over Elliott, but you never know with Dallas, who's held Pollard back for so many, so many years and given Elliott more work. So it's just going to be something that I'm going to monitor um, during the day. And, you know, based off some reports, like I could have a big bet on Tony Pollard's over. I could have a big bet on Tony Pollard's under. Right. You know, I'm, I'm just not much of an opinion right now. I'm just going to monitor the, the, the line. And, and one more that I was looking at. So obviously it was a weird game on Sunday. It was very, very, very windy. I was there. My forehead still feeling effects of the wind burn from that one. And hey, man, you weren't the only person interested in the weather report from myself at that game. I'll just say that. But Daniel Jones throws like 340 yards, a lot of it because Giants are getting blown out. And Saquon Barkley had a really, really tough game. I think he only had like 20 rush yards. But I feel like there's a bit of an overcompensation from the market on Saquon Barkley, given how poor Dallas's rush defense has been. It's gone from, I think it was 99 last week. It's at 74 and a half now. That is one that I am very interested in in playing. And I was kind of wondering your thoughts on that number for Barkley. I think that it's a better look to, if you're going to bet Barkley, to look at the longest rush. Um, I don't know if that's up right now, but it's probably going to be at like 18 and a half. Um, but that, that's been the book on Barkley is, I mean, I've spoke about before one yard run, negative one yard run, zero yard run. And then he bursts out that 29 yard, 40 yard run. Yep. or something. And I have a tough time seeing him probably getting to the number without breaking off a big run. So I think if I was interested in Barkley, I would look uh, towards the longest rush. Yeah. Interesting. Good way to play it as well. And while we're talking about Barkley, Hitman, I'd be curious for your thoughts. I'm glad Jacob brought him up because I was wondering something similar about the Giants run game and the way that Dable has deployed it specifically this season could be a good way to attack the weakness of the Cowboys defense. And at the same time, when we're looking at a spread that won't be a surprise if it touches double digits between now and kickoff, the Giants might be playing from behind and that might limit their options to attack the Cowboys where they're at their weakest. What do you make of the you know possible implications of game script versus just trying to handicap the matchups on paper? Yeah, I mean, the bigger the spread, the more likely that the, you can anticipate what the game script is. Like I said, for like a three-point underdog, it's you can say oh, that the three-point dog is going to be trailing, but it's far less uncertain than if a ten-point dog is going to be trailing. So, I mean, it, it it's pretty. I I think Dallas is going to play from up in front in this game. I think that Dallas's pass rush is going to get after Daniel Jones a ton. I was actually looking towards maybe playing a Daniel Jones rushing over because he's just going to be running for his life against his pass rush and with Dallas. But the line is a little bit inflated right now. You know what? It's actually went down 37 and a half. It was 40 and a half earlier. Don't. Yes. Yeah, still seeing some 40 and a half, but 37 and a half does look pretty widely available. Yeah. Um, 
I'll have to look into that, but I definitely lean towards Daniel Jones over 37 and a half rush yards. I'm pretty sure he had a really good rushing game against yeah, Dallas as was, well, right, Jacob, the uh, first game? Yeah, did well against Dallas, and I must say last week against the Lions, I was a little bit frustrated with how well he ran the ball compared to how little opportunity the coaches gave him because Barkley wasn't doing anything, but it seemed like every time there was a design play for Jones, the Giants picked up some good yardage, and he also had a rushing touchdown to go along with it. So I'm wondering if they're going to really lean into him this week. Yeah, I I think it might be worth a look. Not not committing to it because I kind of saw 40, 41 and a half, and I was like, all right. But now it's gotten a little bit lower. Potentially worth a look. Uh, Matt, I do have one play in this game that I already bet. Uh, C.D. Lamb over 69 and a half receiving yards. So against man coverage and against the blitz, C.D. Lamb's target share is like absolutely insane. I think it's like against man coverage, he's like top five. And I think against the blitz, he's like second in the NFL in target share. And the Giants are down a Dory Jackson for this game. Big loss for their defense. I don't think that Wink Martin, Martindale. I mean, one of the things that got him in trouble with Baltimore um, where he got dismissed is I, um, when they had all these defensive injuries last year he's still kind of stuck to the same scheme. I mean, that's just who he is. He's going to blitz and play man coverage. And C.D. Lamb's target share is just absolutely insane. So, I mean, even though I do have concerns about the uh, the game script, I just thought that the matchup was was too good for C.D. Lamb to be lined this low. I like that look on C.D. Lamb. And before we move on from this game, I also want to circle back on Daniel Jones. Hit me on a different angle, getting at a similar point. He could be underdressed quite a bit in this one. I believe I recall Rob Pizzola of the Hammer Betting Network talking on the Matchbook NFL show this week about the Cowboys having the NFL's number one pressure rate. So if Daniel Jones is in a spot where he's playing from behind, again, possible free roll on game script here, and he's under duress, but he's got to throw the ball up. I know that part of what Jacobs touched on often this year with Daniel Jones not making the critical mistake for the Giants is because Brian Dable has maybe deployed a bit more of a low variance offense to eliminate the likelihood of those mistakes. They might not have a chance in this game. They might need to embrace variance if there is a deficit to overcome. So I like the notion of Daniel Jones possibly being picked off, essentially a bet on over half an interception or yes on Jones to throw an interception currently lined at minus 120 Hitman, Any thoughts on that look? Haven't done my full work on it, but it makes logical sense. I mean, this is one of the mismatches. This is a, just a huge mismatch. And you, you got to see it when they played earlier in the season. Like Daniel Jones, the pressure he was under was absolutely unreal. And pressure typically leads to turnovers. So don't dislike that look. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's move on to the Thanksgiving nightcap. The Patriots at the Vikings hit man. The first bet I wanted to talk about with you on this one would be a look at Adam Thielen receiving yards. I'm inclined to look toward the under and a few reasons here. Number one with Bill Belichick's scheme, we can assume that they're going to bracket Justin Jefferson as the Vikings wide receiver one. And that would probably leave the Patriots best corner cover on Thielen one-on-one. And while I would like it more if Thielen might be the receiver getting bracketed, I think if he's got a good cover corner on him and then Kirk Cousins under pressure as well, I mean, he might be under duress more than Daniel Jones. His splits under pressure are pretty disastrous. He seems to fall off a cliff even more than most quarterbacks when he's pressured. Well, the Cowboys are number one in the league in pressure rate. The Patriots not far behind at number two. 
And Justin Jefferson is just so good. I mean, it, it's hard to get it out of my mind. So maybe I'm biased from that amazing catch in the Bills game. I just think if push comes to shove and Cousins has to get rid of the ball, he's going to look Jefferson's way. Jefferson's so good that he will probably still get his. I'm not sure we can say the same about Adam Thielen. Hitman, what do you think about a possible look at Thielen receiving yards under 44 and a half? I've played Thielen under receiving yards the last two weeks. Um, it's just getting a little bit lower now. I played under 50 and a half against Washington. I played under 47 and a half against uh, Dallas. Uh, went one and one in those games. Oh, I played it against Buffalo also. Basically, every game that TJ Hawkinson's been with them, I've played Thielen under. And I think I'm one and two on it right now. But it's it's just getting a little lower at 44 and a half because I still think he's a decent solid number player i i would lean towards the under but it probably has gotten low enough that i don't end up consider i don't end up playing it um i like kirk cousins under 250 and a half um like you said the pressure rate for for cousins it's just affected him more than any other quarterback this year and the Cowboys are first in the NFL in pressure rate, but guess who's number two? It's New England. And one of the big talking points out of Minnesota has been get the ball out of Kirk's hands this week. And typically, if you're going to be getting the ball out of your hands, throwing quick, it doesn't correlate to as much yardage. It will correlate towards the completion. So I'm not looking towards playing like any type of Cousins completions under or anything, but I think that the yardage under 250 and a half is uh, potentially worth a bet. I know a few weeks ago you made a good point that I, you know, we don't need to ask you every time there's a prop with some discrepancies in the market. If it's off by a yard or two, probably not a big deal. But I do want to dig in on this one a bit because I'm seeing quite the discrepancy anywhere from that number you mentioned, 250 and a half available at several books. But I am seeing as low as 240 and a half juiced toward the under. So I do feel compelled to ask you, if somebody hears that you like Cousins under, the number still does matter at a certain point, of course. Is there a price cutoff at which you see the value disappearing on a Kirk Cousins number for passing yards under? I need the 250, 249, 248 if I'm going to play it. I'm looking at those same two books right now that you just mentioned where I'm seeing 242 and a half and 240 and a half. And those two books tend to take some more bets on props and tend to be a little bit sharper. So, and it's a lot of the square recreational books that are dealing at 250 and a half right now. So, yeah, I think that um, Cousins under, I'm not playing the 240s, the 240, 242, but I think 250, 249, 248-ish is uh, worth a bet. Speaking of bets worth making, let's go ahead and lock in some plays for the Props and Hops Thanksgiving special Week 12 portfolio. Hitman, we've talked a lot about some looks across the three games on the Thanksgiving triple header. Which ones do you think are good enough to officially lock in as plays for the show? Uh, Buffalo and Detroit. I'm not going to have anything now, but like I said, I might end up having something in that game. Uh, Dallas and the Giants. Let's go CD Lamb over 69 and a half receiving yards. I think that's good up to 72 and a half. And for the Patriots game, um, if I'm not going to give Cousins because the line could be moved by the time that this does come out. But um, I played Ramondre Stevenson over three and a half receptions, minus 125 yesterday. The line has moved on that, but the receiving yardage didn't move much. 
I think that that's worth a look also. Vikings are predominantly a zone coverage defense, which tends to get more running back targets. And New England, I mean, Stevenson's target share has been absolutely insane in, re- in recent weeks. And he's honestly, he's probably one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. People don't think that because of the size of Stevenson, but he's one of the best at, at in, in the pass game. So let's go with Stevenson over 27 and a half receiving yards as the other play. Sounds good. I will go ahead and make it a bet. Daniel Jones to throw an interception, depending on the way the book phrases it. Yes. To throw an interception or over half an interception at minus minus one twenty. and Hitman want to make it a Turkey day teaser. Let's get your thoughts on this one. I'm looking at Buffalo minus two and a half at Detroit paired with Dallas minus two and a half hosting the Giants. And of course, to get down through the three, this is not your standard six point teaser. Looking at a seven point teaser here. And that comes with a price tag of minus 140. That might sound steep for a teaser, especially the way that teasers have treated betters this season. But for context, I think a lot of people will be looking at heavy favorites like this in Moneyline parlays over the course of the Week 12 card. And a Moneyline parlay on the Bills and Cowboys right now going to cost you in the range of minus 220. So that's basically 80 cents of value. Yes, either game could land on one or two, and that's the trade-off we're making here. But to get down to minus 140 on a seven-point teaser instead of that minus 220 range on a money line parlay, I feel like there is some decent value to be had there. I do want to note from a bankroll management standpoint, we're buying these teams high, especially Dallas after what we saw from them last week. And teasing favorites down, especially the Bills as a road favorite, can be a pretty perilous game to play. So not a full unit, not anything to unload on, but I do see some betting value worth getting in play on here to hopefully increase the Thanksgiving entertainment value as so many people are watching these games. Hitman, what do you think of a seven-point teaser on Buffalo and Dallas for tomorrow? I bet it when it was a six-and-a-half-point teaser, um, seven-point teaser. I still like it. I mean, uh, I think it's the squarest teaser of the entire year being on Thanksgiving, but I think it, I think it gets home personally. Some of the sharper looking teasers haven't treated us so well. And I do want to stand by the process of looking to identify the most possible value, but agreed when I, when I see this, you know, at minus 140 for a seven point teaser compared to the money line price, I, uh, the money line parlay price, I just feel like there is a smidge of value on this teaser still to go ahead and get in play when it comes to the rest of the week 12 card. Don't want to ignore the games taking place after Thanksgiving altogether. There are some pretty appealing teaser candidates Sunday and into Monday night, Thinking teams like the Patriots, the Panthers, the Titans, and the Steelers have some pretty decent appeal. Have you given a look to any of those teams for teasers later on on the Week 12 slate? Uh, the, the other teaser that I played for the week was um, the San Fran, Tennessee one. I, I, I'll tell you what, I strongly lean towards playing San Fran just laying the nine, nine and a half on them. I made that game a bit higher, especially with all the injuries that the Saints are Uh, going through right now but ultimately I settled on a Niners Titans teaser I wouldn't be surprised though if San Fran if that teaser is not available later in the week I I thought that that line should have been 10. All right there we go so if anybody's catching this conversation after Thanksgiving this is your reward for tuning into this point still some value to be had on the weekend slate as well rapid fire recap of our official plays with a focus on Thanksgiving hitman on CD lamb under 69 and a half, excuse me, over 69 and a half receiving yards. 
and Ramondre Stevenson over 27 and a half receiving yards as well. I'm looking at Daniel Jones to throw an interception minus 120. And teaser, we're going to go ahead and lock in a seven-pointer at minus 140. Buffalo laying two and a half at the Lions, paired with Dallas laying two and a half hosting the Giants. A couple of honorable mentions here. Keep an eye on those Josh Allen props, probably closer to post. Going to find some value on either passing yards under, passing plus rushing yards under, or completions under. And if you do have access to one of those square shops hanging Kirk Cousins under 250 and a half passing yards, consider that worth a go as well. At this stage, guys, want to weave in the hops as well, especially with a holiday on tap for those of us in the U.S. Jacob, I know north of the border, it's not Thanksgiving weekend for you, but what do you have on tap this coming weekend? Uh, probably going to be a lighter weekend for me coming back from vacation on the weekend where there were uh, plenty of hops to be had. So usually when it's a bit lighter, uh, I try to go for just a simple gin and tonic. So nothing fancy for me this weekend, but some of that good flavor and can just give me what I need. Sounds like a shrewd move recovering from what just sounded like an awesome trip last weekend, despite the outcome of that Giants yes. game. <laughs> and uh, I might go in a, a pretty similar vein to you after Thanksgiving. We talked yesterday on Between the Lines, some Thanksgiving food and beer pairings. So that will be an absolute blast on my end. Looking ahead to the weekend, I'm eyeing something quite a bit dialed back from the stout that I mentioned, uh, pairing with a, a dessert on Thanksgiving. I'm looking at a beer called Double Dry Hopped Birds Are Real. This is by my favorite brewery. I've mentioned it before on this show, Green Cheek Beer Company. And Birds Are Real is a West Coast IPA clocking in at 6.8% ABV. So still plenty of ABV, but about half of some stouts that will be enjoyed on Thanksgiving. And Birds Are Real, Double Dry Hopped with my favorite hop, Citra. As the name would imply, you can think just citrus to the max. A lot of grapefruit and orange and notes like that. And I'm planning to enjoy that while I'm watching Notre Dame take on my alma mater, USC. Going to see if my Trojans college football playoff hopes are real while drinking birds are real. So that could be a fun follow-up to Thanksgiving. Hitman, any Thanksgiving traditions that you're looking to enjoy in the coming days? No, we're just, we're hosting Thanksgiving and we have to host every Thanksgiving for now on because of um, football Thursday. I need to work, so Got to, I'll be bringing my laptop down with, with everybody and and watching the games. And and uh, my fiance does a great job hosting. So God bless her. So not, and I'll, I'll have a few drinks. I actually, I have a halftime uh, show that I do. You'll see it on my Twitter uh, on the Thursday night game at halftime. So I can't get too crazy during the day, but I'll have a few. And for those who want to catch that halftime show and perhaps anything you'll be posting about Josh Allen as kickoff approaches in Detroit, you can follow Hitman if you're not doing so already on Twitter at Hitman428. And you can follow me at MLandis18. A quick programming note as we wrap things up here, we're back to our regular schedule next week. So that means the three of us will reconvene for the week 13 props breakdown on Friday. And on Wednesday, Jacob and I will be back here with Suma for Between the Lines. In the meantime, everybody, enjoy week 12 in the NFL. Thank you for tuning in. To those of you in the U.S., have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And to everybody out there, best of luck with your betting and beer adventures this weekend. Robinson.